0: Steel Curtain Network.
1: Speaking of Speaking Peek of Speaking Peek of the
2: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, one of the three hosts of the Steelers Preview Podcast, joined, as always, by Brian Davis and Dave Schofield. Brian, what's going on? How's how's everything been?
0: I have got great smiles, great smiles, and I am feeling so wonderful that... Uh, We have some pads, and we have something to talk about, and we're getting started, and the great thing, like other teams, we don't have devastating things to talk about.
2: That is true. We will talk about that. Dave Schofield, welcome to the show. How's it going?
1: All is right with the world. The Steelers are together as a team preparing for the season in a way that is different than they've done throughout the entire offseason.
2: There you go. That's one That's way. That's very deep and philosophical, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> so let's start this show off. We're going to talk about the knee jerk reactions to training camp, but we have to talk about some news. And I'm going to start off with some AFC North news. And that is, my gosh, if anyone was on Twitter or social media today, or even if you checked out fansfirstsports.com, which I highly recommend you check out, not just the Uh, I wrote the article for Steel Curt Network in the NFL that Joe Burrow had a scare. At practice on Thursday. If you saw the video, it didn't look good. He was carted off the field, non-contact injury. Turns out there they're saying it's a calf strain. Brian, what were your thoughts when you saw this?
0: The first thing that I thought is don't celebrate this, anybody, and we are not celebrating. None of us are celebrating yeah. this here. This, you do not want to ever hear about an injury. To somebody else and when I heard calf strain when I heard even being carted off it's not you you kind of figure that it this is not anything absolutely devastating but it's a concern because usually with injuries and when you get an early injury then you have got to be looking you've got to be nervous and yeah. it changes things a whole lot so with uh high hopes for Cincinnati this is a scare that uh, kind of makes you look down the road saying, all right, what's more to come? And it, it it worries you. But on a Steelers standpoint, it's like, all right, let's hope that doesn't happen to anybody here. Don't wish for anything bad to happen to anybody else. And uh, just uh, keep on hoping for uh, superficial news coming out of Latrobe.
2: Great point. Dave, what about you when you heard about Joe Burrow's Non contact injury. What were your thoughts? I would say
1: he's on the route, blah, 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 Mount Rushmore of 2023 AFC North players that would be devastating if they were, if they missed time. Meaning he's one of those main people for in the division that if something happened where he missed time, it would be it would completely change the outcome of the division. Of course, another one on there would be Trent Jordan Watts. We've already seen that with the Steelers. So he he is one of, if not the most. For that reason, I don't want to see anyone be injured. I don't want to see that change a team's whole season because if you want to I mean, unless they are the only team between you and a Super Bowl championship, you don't want to beat a team only because they're down. You want to beat a team because you're better than that team because that's the only way you win championships.
2: I got to think about him as an individual, too. I mean, yes, for the team, it would be horrible. Could you imagine, though, if he has a devastating injury when he's supposed to sign at the next mega deal? As the next quarterback, like Justin Herbert signs his deal with the Chargers. He's getting paid over $183 million guaranteed. And Joe Burrow's thinking, yes. All right. Bring the Brinks truck up, guys. Just back it right on up to the facility. Say what you want about all this team-friendly stuff. The dude's going to get paid, and he's going to get paid handsomely. And I'll be honest, he deserves it. He's done nothing but win since he's been in the league, and he's been in the Super Bowl. He's won a lot of playoff games, way more than Herbert can say. But for him, if if he were to get an injury that was devastating, and all all the reports that I've heard so far that it is not season-ending, he probably won't even miss any regular season time, but he could be hampered in training camp in the preseason, that he'll be okay. But what horrible timing that would be if he had that knee injury happen when he's trying to cash in on a big mega contract. But it does, like Brian said, make you think to yourself, gosh, I hope, the Steelers don't experience something like this, and even on Thursday, good transition into our reactions to training camp. Deontay Johnson goes up, brings down a beautiful throw by Kenny Pickett, gets his feet in bounds, and lands awkwardly on his knee. And everyone's like, "Oh my gosh!" He's holding his knee, kind of gets up. He's fine. He's fine. It's fine. But still, you have that in the back of your mind. Jalen Ramsey down in Miami, he gets he. Took, I think he has a meniscus injury. On yes, and they have to have surgery. He could either miss part of the first you know maybe a week one week two regular season game or he could be out the majority of the season i don't know brian did you knock on wood i'm just saying i did i'm doing it right now <laughs> i'm a
0: big wood knocker <laughs> Throughout i'm not life. talking about the beehive <laughs> <laughs> oh wow i see i, I don't even yeah. think in that direction you know what my <laughs> wife says knock on wood she always touches, i her never head. understand why she touches her head but that's, that's <laughs> i like, i no do that around. too okay i i never
2: understood that all right let's let's, let's get to dave i'm going to throw it over to you for this next one uh you are the one that was manning the ship in terms of the uh, tracker today for steelcurtainnetwork.com so you mm-hmm. can see some of the videos and stuff i just want to get your knee-jerk reaction to the day in and of itself the day of work and also, were there any tidbits that you kind of hung to that were like, man, that's kind of interesting? Not saying that it's the be-all, end-all, but just that it was interesting. What did you have?
1: Yeah, there was – well, I, I can go deeper if you want be-all, end-all. I, I can do that. But just – in other words, you're asking just to scratch the surface for now. Um, I would say that it, I thought it was – what was interesting that – didn't get a report that they actually did seven shots. Now, is it just me, or did they usually still do seven shots even though they weren't in pads? I could have swore they used to do it every day. I, I did too. But, and that usually was a big thing, you know. Oh, this is the, the first one, second one. Didn't that, that's my biggest takeaway right there is I'm like, so d- how much are they even ramping up until we even get to something like that?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I saw them do plenty of jet sweeps though. That was good. <laughs> I saw a lot of speech action, uh, Brian. I'm sure you saw a lot of the tweets and videos out there. What, what, anything uh, catch your attention?
0: Yeah, and there's there's two things that really caught my attention. And I mentioned superficial news coming out of Latrobe, and one of the first things that I think about is you know I saw something today about how Kenny Pickett doesn't like the new practice jerseys. And it's like, yeah, thanks. No, thanks. And if that's what we're talking about right now, awesome. You know, that's kind of what I mean if that's the uh, the big controversy coming out of camp, that's awesome. If he doesn't like him, I actually think they look pretty cool with those gold sleeves and the, uh, the uh, yellow jerseys with the black sleeves. I kind of think they look good for practice jerseys because, you know, I'm just a jersey guy. But With that being said, I haven't said that for a while. That feels so good. And with that being said, the other thing I'm looking at is we are talking about guys that struggle already. So we're hearing that, you know, Mason Rudolph, you know, struggled on the first day and Calvin Austin, the third didn't look good on the first day. Oh, my goodness. This is just a couple hours old. Let us give some guys time to acclimate at camp. We do not need Look, knee jerk reactions are fine. Instant decisions on instant remarks on all right. We're going to go ahead and say now that um we're done with Mason Rudolph already as Steeler fans, and alvin Calvin Austin sucks because they didn't look amazing on the first day.
2: Well, and that this is we're talking about knee-jerk reactions, and that would certainly be one of them because yes, there were a lot of people saying Calvin Austin again, I'm trying to think about this from a player's perspective. Like I said, with Burrow and the contract, think about Calvin Austin, the third, last year, fourth round draft pick high expectations gets hurt. Doesn't even see the preseason. Now he has all these expectations heaped on him even more going into year two. And and he was probably an, I I can only imagine he was pretty nervous, you know? Oh my gosh. I get, Am I going to get re-injured? Like that's got to be in the back of his mind. Am I going to live up to the hype? I got to try and make all these plays. Let these guys, like like Brian said, let them get acclimated, let them settle in before you make any harsh judgments on them. If he strings two weeks of these together where it's wow, like Calvin Austin's really struggling, then that's a talking point. But I don't think after day one. But Dave, is there anything else today that you noticed or didn't? I mean, I
1: can I can sum up some, some more things.
2: I like, was asking for your opinion on something that happened that you had an opinion on.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I just note one notice, like for example, Nick Faribault gives some pretty good insight yeah. at training camp. I, that's one of the, one, one of the sources that I use when we do the tracker, he actually gets stuff out there pretty quick and, and, and pretty good there. His, his players that he said were, were his top performers for the day were Elijah Riley, Joey Porter, Jr. Nick Herbig and Anthony McFarland and his biggest losers for the day, not saying for the camp, but just for the day, were Calvin Austin, Trey Norwood, and LaRaven Clark, who apparently that was why it was Herbig and Clark was the one. Heard a lot about that, that Herbig was really taking it to it. So the question is, was one that good? Was one struggling that much? Or was it a combination of both?
2: Well, if you know Mike Tomlin, whenever they get to backs on backers, he will... If, if Nick Herbig is playing well, he's going to match him up against better competition. He's not just going to go against LaRaven Clark over and over again. Next thing you know, he's going to be placed against Dan Moore, Chuksa Korfour, bro- definitely Broderick Jones. They're going to go head to head, yeah. I guarantee you, multiple times. But I-, I was glad that I heard his name. Also, glad I-, I saw the same tweet that you just read that Joey Porter Jr. was supposedly stride for stride with Calvin Austin, the third down the sideline. This is. To me, when I think back to mandatory minicamp, mandatory minicamp, it was all about Corey Trice. Corey Trice, seventh round pick. He's the guy. No one was talking about Joey Porter. Joey Porter showed up today. He looked good. Signed his deal. Brian, what are your thoughts on those two rookies? Muted, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) It's all right. We still love you.
0: (laughs) Uh, All right. Yeah, I've got a dog in the background that makes weird noises because she wants to hang out with me. And I'm like, I don't want that over to even sound more amateurish. Then you can't hear me. So, (laughs) you know, this this is what I'm thinking about. First of all, Corey Trice Jr., you know, I heard he looked pretty good. I heard Elijah Riley looked pretty good. But when you hear, when you've got a guy like Joey Porter Jr., there's going to be a lot of eyes on him because if he comes out and does not play well right away, one of the first things you're going to hear is, Oh, wait a second. You know, wait a second. He, uh, he was the last one to sign his contract. One of the last rookies to sign his deal. And now he turns around and he comes out and, uh, well, you must not be serious about it because he doesn't look good. Now he comes out and he's balling. He goes uh, stride for stride. That is absolutely fantastic. And he shows that, you know, hey, I'm for real. Because there are a lot of people that were not thinking he was for real when he dropped out of the first round. And that that fall was, he was not, I would say, the until the last three weeks, he was considered, you know, a top 16 pick, and it would be uh, odd if he was even close to the Pittsburgh Steelers drafting him where they did. So, you know what, I find it really interesting where we can't, where I'm just saying that, you know, we cannot call a guy a bust after a couple hours in Latrobe. Can't call a guy a superstar either, but it's very encouraging when there have been a lot of questions about the guy because of a fall. That's, That's something to feel good about. It's uh, not a situation where we're like, all right, he needs to show and step up. If he comes out of the gate fast, that makes you feel good because that makes you feel like, all right, we don't have to wait wait for him to come around. We don't have to say, oh, wait, he's just a rookie. It's just day one of training camp. He'll get there. If he's looking like it now, you don't expect him to really take a step backwards. Dave, any thoughts on that? Well,
1: so – Joy Porter Jr., right? I'm just making sure that that's... Or Nick that's, Herbie, guys. Or, Nick, or, or neither or either one of them.
2: Yeah.
1: Even when you look at the rookies, it kind of goes... Th- this echoes true everywhere across the roster. Every time you hear about a big play, you can react one of two ways as a Steelers fan. We talked about this last year. You know, he, like, apparently, the first play was a, was a deep ball to George Pickens broken up by Patrick Peterson. You could either be happy that the Steelers' defense, wow, Patrick Peterson, they're breaking it up, great job. Or, oh, man, picket the picket is broken, the season's done. I mean, because they're playing against each other. Every... Every success from one side is a failure of the other side. So if if you want to be pessimistic, you just look at all the failures and, and none of them is of the successes. If you want to be optimistic, you're just seeing everything that's great. So that's why you really have to look at these players in and out, you know, across multiple matchups and multiple days. But when you hear a rookie first day of training camp coming out there and being, Hey, they're one of the ones that I thought had a really good day. That's just, a, that's the great starting point that you want to hear about that you can build on from there. Cause the goal with everybody every day is to get better.
2: Well, I'll tell you this, you know, we're done knee jerk reactions. These two players individually go back to what everyone's criticisms were of these players coming out of college. So Joey Porter jr. Mm. Dude can't catch the ball, right? No, it hardly any interceptions in his college career. Some people say he gets too handsy, maybe too tight in his hips in terms of his back pedal, getting out of his back pedal. I see him hanging with a Calvin Austin, the third down the sideline on a go route that tells me the speed's there. That tells me the length is still there. I did read somewhere that Terrell Austin was talking to him about him getting his hands on him. So, but Hey, that's a step in the right direction. Nick Mm. Herbig. What was everyone saying? Ton of production coming out of Wisconsin, but can he duplicate in the NFL? Raven Clark might not be a top-end tackle. Well, no, not Mike. He isn't a top-end tackle, but he is an NFL tackle that has a lot of experience. He's not a fellow rookie. I had uh, Brandon Lee Galton on to talk about the Eagles-Steelers connection this past offseason. He said he actually liked LaRaven Clark, thought he actually did a good job as a swing tackle for him in the limited roles that he actually had or limited role that he had with the team. So when I see Nick Herbig doing really well against a veteran, anyone that has even one, two, three years of experience in the NFL, I take notice. I'm not saying that he's going to be the next great thing, but I take notice. That's a step in the right direction. Dave, you're going to say something.
1: But exactly like what Coach Tomlin said in his post-practice I haven't listened to that
2: yet. I haven't heard it. Oh, really? Oh,
1: because he was asked about, I'm trying to think, was it Dan Moore Jr.? I think he was asked about, he's like, you seriously want me to draw a conclusion from the offensive line when they haven't put on pads yet? (laughs) <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. So it's nice to see these guys. Oh, they could take advantage of, of it. All. but both offensive and defensive line. Yeah. Coach Tomlin came around and says when we're when when we're not in pads, this is when you look at the skill position players. Because they should be able to do this either way. When we put the pads on, that's when you go look at the other guys.
2: That's a good point. That's a great point. But man, isn't it just freaking exciting to talk about actual yes! practice? <laughs> Brian immediately mean, like that I've I've been waiting for this. And I know my boy Nate Van Slyke, he's like, people slow it down. It's just the first day of practice. It's the first day of practice. Like, come on. Like, I'm I'm going to overreact because I'm just happy that they're back. I'm so sick of talking about the same stuff for months. We all have on this network. We've given you three shows a day, Monday through Friday. We have beaten every horse to it's a dead end <laughs>
1: more than half a year
0: ahead, and it's finally here. <laughs> sorry yeah so the what ifs what is going to happen with the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2023 I can't wait until the first game and uh, that's no disrespect to anybody that makes that comment but hey where I'm saying you know pump the brakes a little bit on you know saying that uh this guy's good this guy stinks you know Yeah, I'm going to back that up, but I'm also going to say is we need stuff to get excited about because we were just throwing out, all right, if this happens and this happens, they're going to be successful. Now you see little glimpses of good stuff. You need to go ahead and say, well, hey, we've got something special here, possibly in the making. So like I said a little bit ago, I'm going to go back to it. We do not want to be in a position where we're like, all right, that guy's struggling. He's going to need to step it up. He's going to need to come around. We're we're not going to have to do that as much if you're like, wow, he's coming out of the gate fast and I like the way he looks. This might be something to be excited about. We're pumped because it's here. We need to be pumped because it's here. And we're sure we are not going to know the answer until we're not going to know the answer on week one. We're gonna know the answer week seventeen, but we gotta have something to talk about, and well, actually week eighteen.
2: What the hell are you laughing at, Dave?
0: You didn't see,
1: <laughs> I think I saw before Brian even saw where, yeah. where the dog came in from the side oh, of the no, screen and started licking his face. <laughs> 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 I uh, love it. I love it. After hours, Davis
2: resume. <laughs> no, it's
1: it, that's great stuff. There's something else I want to say
2: though. Oh, go ahead. I'll I'll wait. Go ahead. I'm
1: t- no, you'll wait. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about waiting. I'm tired of waiting. It's oh, uh, we don't know what this team's going to be. Well, you know, wait wait until free agency. Okay. Well, wait until the draft to finish this up. Uh, okay. Wait until OTAs. Oh, wait until training camp. Now it's training camp. Now everyone now now do we have to hear, "Oh, wait till preseason games." And then, "Oh, don't worry about that. Wait till the regular season." Then do we need to all oh, wait until, you know, they're just starting. Wait till the season really gets I'm, – I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of waiting. The Pittsburgh Steelers are on the field practicing. We, we have something much more tangible to talk about. You know what? Yes, it will get better. Yes, we'll get more information as it goes on. Yes, people that are struggling right now might – it might've been one day people that are doing great right now. It might've been their best day as a professional, <laughs> you know, it's okay, but at least it's Pittsburgh Steelers out there playing football. That's yeah. what's important.
2: It's a, it's a great point. And I, I want to say something here too, to the kind of echoes that sentiment in a, in a way I, I coached, I didn't coach football, but I was a, a head high school lacrosse coach for 12, actually 13 years, 12 in one school. And there was no such thing as a workout or a practice that meant nothing. Like, yeah. no, no, that did not exist. If I had a conditioning practice and there were no, there was no equipment at all, I was watching my players and I was calculating everything they did. I'm talking the way that they warmed up. I'm talking about the effort they put in. I'm talking about the camaraderie with their teammates. Everything mattered, and I used it when it came to how I was going to apply it to the actual season. When the season rolled around – Every drill they did was used in regards to me evaluating my team. And Brian, when you do your next Here We Go show with Coach KT Smith, I'd love for you to ask him that question about how everyone just pooh poos oh, it's football in shorts. I guarantee you that Kevin Smith watches those football practices and he evaluates everything that those skill position players do. But like coach Tomlin said, no, he's not available to, you're not going to be able to really evaluate the offensive defensive line, but don't pretend like when we're sitting here talking about, Oh, Calvin Austin, the third, Joey Porter, Jr. Nick Herbig. I don't care. These guys are out there trying to prove their worth. And don't think that the coaches are like, Oh, you know, it's the first day. Let's just, Hey, did you all see that Netflix show that was on the other night? Oh, that quarterback show. That's great. Isn't it? Like they're not even paying attention. <laughs> that's not how it works. Like these things matter. So for me, when people like Dave said, and it happens more than you think when you're told, well, pump the brakes, you know, I know that's our new show on Wednesday night. Make sure you check out the puppy the Brakes podcast, but still, Hey, pump the brakes a little bit because it's just training camp. They're not wearing pads. This stuff does matter to the coaches. So why can't we take it as a little bit more than just, you know, take it with a grain of salt, take it with a grain of salt. Come on now. This does matter. Brian, what are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, this is the setup for everything. If you are opening a restaurant and you have a, you have a soft open or you have practice where you, you have like a dress rehearsal for a play or something like that, you know, you're, you're working out the kinks. And that means that if uh, it's not working well on those first couple days or that dress rehearsal or or those uh, those rehearsal openings for that restaurant, then if you don't fix those problems, you're going to get bad reviews. You are definitely going to uh, not get not get the customers and you might have one opportunity in that arena. So, that's the same thing for a guy that is like LaRaven Clark, like anybody else that is the uh, 90th guy on a 90-man roster that is going to go ahead and try to get a job here and every moment counts. Yeah, for some people, every moment counts. Every moment doesn't count for T.J. Watt, sure, but every moment counts kind of for Calvin Austin III. For sure.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Dave, what do you want
1: to add? AJC said it right here. Championships start in practice. Now, we're exactly right. All these practices matter. Now, on the flip side, you are not taking the first practice and drawing an end-all, be-all conclusion for the 2023 season. You don't do that either, which is not what we're doing. But you can get excited about this practice. And, Jeff... Tell, tell me as a, as a fellow coach, you know, I don't, I didn't have as many years coaching as you. I coached football for seven years,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but as a coach, and I, I would ask the same question of, of, of coach KT Smith, the, a phrase that is thrown out there that is very incorrect of practice makes perfect. It's that flipped. is not true. Perfect practice. Perfect practice (laughs) makes perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Don't just practice for the sake of practicing. You've got to go out there and you've got to get it right. And if you're not practicing it right, then you're not – then how are you really going? Well, I'm trying to remember of a story – I'm pretty sure it was the Steelers. Maybe I'm mistaken. I'm pretty sure it was from last year that someone insisted on not ending practice until they actually got a play. Correct. They were not running it correctly. And like, if we can't do this even one more time in practice correctly, how are we going to be able to to call this play in a game and then expect for it to work? If we haven't, if we've tried it four or five times and still haven't done it flawlessly in practice.
2: I don't know if any of you guys remember that. That was that was Kenny Pickett when he took over as quarterback. (laughs) He said we had to run through things multiple times, and I said we're not gonna we're not gonna leave practice till we figure this out. Like we got to get it right here before we can go there. I mean, it's it's really crazy when you think about from a from a coach's perspective. No, yeah, you're right. You don't put a ton of stock into these very first practices, but I think you know Mike Tomlin is the master motivator. He is like he knows how. To get these guys going, and I'm going to quote Vince Williams, who was on Twitter today, and he shared a picture of Mike Tomlin wearing a shirt that says two Dogs, One Bone." He he was on what today? Twitter. I'm sorry, X. Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) He was on that social media platform. He was tweeting. We're still on call. Tweeting, right? (laughs) And he said, "You have no idea how many camp battles were like happened because of that saying." Like he knows how to motivate when he says two dogs and one bone, he uses that to get these guys so ramped up and ready to go. And don't think for a second that Mike Tomlin didn't tell that team before they walked down that Hill that, Hey, you're putting on a show. What kind of show are you going to put on? You're going to go out there and you're going to be fumbling the football over the place, looking sloppy. Are you going to go out there and have people leaving this practice thinking 2023, they might have a chance. I guarantee you he did something like that. Because if I'm thinking like that as a coach, Mike Tomlin's certainly sure. thinking like that as a coach. Absolutely. But, you know, it's it's definitely something where you have to think about how they're viewing things. But, Brian, before we take a break, any final thoughts on the first day of camp? I know it's just day one, but still, any thoughts? Again,
0: something I want to reiterate. You know, our friends on Fans First Sports Networks, Miami Dolphins Insider, when you open up that show, the first thing they say is, oh, basically a rough day. And they're just talking about Jalen Ramsey, and they're talking about Ramsey going down. We have the ability to talk about Joey Porter Jr. going stride for stride. Nate Herbig, Nick Herbig, a fourth round pick, you know, looking good against Laraven Clark. Those are the ones those are the things we want to talk about. You know, I'm not looking for problems right now. I'm looking for what seems to be a solution. For a nine and eight record, there you
1: go, Dave. Final thoughts on day one. It was a snapshot, right now, it is the only snapshot of 2023 training camp. That those guys they they put stuff on film, they put it on film. Now, the question is, that's that's the only sample size tomorrow. You get it, you get to double the sample size because you'll get two of them, so you got to see. How that builds and builds and builds, but it doesn't mean that that today's snapshot didn't matter. Very
2: good. All right, we're going to take a quick break. If you're watching live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, we're not going anywhere. If you're listening on the audio side, we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors.
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons.
2: We talked all about day one of training camp. I want to get your take, though, on two things. I want to get your take on the entry to camp, meaning the players arriving. Very little fanfare. And two, I want to get your take on what is your vibe about the team? that They're showing up. We saw them now in a practice setting one day, and it's only one day, but still. What's your overall vibe of the team, and what do you think about the reporting day? Brian, go ahead.
0: You know what? I really feel like this is a very motivated football team. I wish reporting day was uh, more vibrant. I love it. I love Willie Mays Hayes of the uh, Cleveland Indians in 1989 showing up to uh, camp the way he did. was And uh, Jake Taylor showing up in a golf cart or the bullpen, the bullpen uh, cart. I love that kind of stuff, and I love Vince Williams doing a Stone Cold Steve Austin impression. Anything like that's that's just a whole lot of fun. I could do away with A-B antics that we had because I thought that kind of stuff was over the top, and it was also stolen from Willie Mays Hayes in the very awful Major League Two that came out five years later. But I would love to see, uh, I love personality at training camp, and that's, that's when you find out who they are. But the fact that they weren't overly over the top whatsoever, you kind of feel like this is a team that means more business than you actually think they do. This seems like a team that lost in the AFC championship game and is ready to go that next step. Now, we don't know that. We don't feel like there's no indication that that's, that's the kind of team they're going to have. But they're showing the mentality that that's where they are. They're showing the mentality that they are just a step away from greatness. And when you have that mentality, you start believing it. It's just like the old thing. If you, The old saying, if you tell a lie long enough, you start to believe it. If you tell yourself that you're great, you start to play like it. And if you prepare like you're ready for business and you're ready to take no prisoners, well, guess what? You
2: don't take any prisoners. Good point. Dave, same questions for you. What did you think about report day and what's the vibe on the team? Well, I,
1: I just think they're kind of getting down to business and it's a team that, you know, I, like I said, you're not getting the big fancy entrances, but is this a team that kind of deserves big fancy entrances? What have they actually done? I mean, think about what, how many players are left on this team? That were there the last time the Pittsburgh Steelers won a playoff game. Cam Hayward and Chris Boswell,
2: right? Is that it? Yeah, TJ was a rookie in the last playoff game, but they didn't
1: win. Well, no, it wasn't the last playoff game, but I mean, they the were Eagles. in the playoffs his rookie right. season, but they didn't win. He hasn't won. So. Yeah. So, so the, to me, I kind of like the mentality of, you know, we haven't really proven anything. Let's get here. Let's get down to business. I kind of thought it was funny how people gave Alex Highsmith a hard time. He signs that new huge deal and he comes walking in with the cheapest brand TV he could <laughs> he, he could have. But if you're buying a TV just to take the camp, I don't blame him for that one because, uh, because, because, uh, let's just say this, because, things could possibly get, get heated in the video game battles. And the last thing you do is, is you want to want, to have to continually replace a, a a luxury television that had a, a controller thrown through the screen or something like that. But remember that Steelers, whenever fans end up throwing their remotes through TVs based on, on your games as well. But uh, I, I just thought those things were kind of fun. Um, really enjoyed Omar Khan's press conference today. Just listening to, to him talk. And he, I don't know. I mean, Kev, maybe it's just me, but he seems more connected to this team than the, the previous regime. I, I don't know why I get that
2: feeling. It's just a vibe I get with him. He's more willing to speak to the media. That's one thing. You know, he's he's doing more. I think he's doing more press conferences than Colbert ever did. But uh, yeah, it, it's pretty interesting. The vibe on the team seems to be pretty good. I've had people like Alan Saunders, Jim Wexel on my Let's Ride podcast, and they all say that this this team is different from last year. It, they definitely have more of a mojo going for them. Confidence is there, but they're not cocky. I mean, there's a big difference. There's there's a fine line between confidence and arrogance. But uh, I, I think they're they're on the good side of things right now. Now here's something. Uh, Christy Previtt gives us two dollars. Says it wasn't lost on me that 22, Najee Harris was wearing all green. I'm guessing because the color of money, which was a great movie, by the way. Um, but uh, all green, it was when he showed up to camp, talked very openly about the running back situation, which Dave spoke about as well in his Stat Geek podcast, which you can hear only on the audio side. So check us out wherever you get your podcast by searching Steelers or Steel Curtain Network, and you'll get to listen to that. It was a really good segment from Dave. But uh, yeah, Najee Harris, like I said, he's very open about how he was just dis- kind of a disgruntled employee, not so much with the Steelers, but just the state of the NFL in terms of running backs. So uh, I thought I, I, I've been the one that says, if you don't win a Super Bowl, spare me the fanfare. I, I enjoy it as much as Brian says he did. But when James Harrison was rolling in and fire trucks and Brett Kiesel's tractor got larger and larger, and then, you know, all this stuff and the helicopter with uh, Antonio Brown It was just too much. It was just too much, and it was just—it felt like a distraction. There were no distractions this year, and that was what I really liked about this. This coming into the the twenty twenty three season, if you want to call it that, no holdouts or hold ins. All the financial stuff is taken care of. There's no distractions. I'm 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 here for it. I like it. I love it. So, all right, Brian, do you have trivia tonight? Yes, I have a
0: a very cheap one, but I'm gonna go for it. Okay. So. I was reading today, and you hear Joey Porter Jr. mention how awesome this is to be a training camp for the Pittsburgh Steelers when he was a ball boy at training camp years before. And now the fact that his dad gets to watch him at training camp for the Pittsburgh Steelers, that's fantastic. Well, there's been a history of Steeler black and gold children at training camp throughout the years. And way back in the 1970s, there was a player that had his car stolen by Steeler children. Who was that player, and who stole this man's car? I don't know if I know this story. I
1: have I have not heard this story. Hmm. But it was a player. It wasn't. It wasn't
0: coach. It was a player. A player had his car stolen, taken on a joyride. By some Steeler children. Now I'm not saying they're absolutely players. There was it. Todd Haley. It is. You know what? You would think it would be. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good yeah. one. That's, <laughs> <my> <laughs> guess. I don't know. that's really good. I'm going um, to was Terry Bradshaw's car. It is not Terry Bradshaw's oh, okay. car. I went with that. And I, I went for realize it. you when you realize whose car they were stolen, you realize that they were the son of big wigs that they were sons of big wigs that did it because when you're bill nunn jr
1: oh bill nunn jr stole the the car of
0: sister act two and art rooney the (laughs) second and you steal joe green's car (laughs) and go on a joyride you're playing with fire i heard that story i i heard that coming from actually uh Art 2 like year, like five years ago on an interview in training camp talking about it. And it was just, you know, a really funny thing. It wasn't grand theft auto. They just did a little joyride. Um, a lot of the times the players would throw them the keys to go ahead and park them. And they just like, they took
2: off. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Good trivia. I love that stuff. Yeah, that's, All right. That's Dave. not as
1: much trivia uh, as it is. Um, fun just a, i mean there's no way we could have guessed that correctly yeah. um but just it's one of those th- this is a neat story have you ever heard that was really good so all right
2: your trivia Dave?
1: I, I will say this some people were talking in the live chat about the variety of luggage who said someone said that i think it, i think it was kathy Um, uh, yeah she said i love the variety <laughs> of luggage coming in but the thing is is you're like, yeah, these guys are, I mean why they're 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 coming in with like trash bags with their clothes. I'm like, remember these are guys how far removed from college, not very, of course, that's what they're gonna do regardless of their salary. it's kind of it, it's kind of who you are. I mean, when did you guys start using actual luggage? I know I was probably at least three or four years well, out of college before I call, actually started real do you luggage. Call like
2: a, <laughs> do you call a duffel bag luggage?
1: Oh God, if, if, if it's not, then I'd never use luggage because I, the I, thing, I never that's the thing. That's all I ever bag. use.
2: I don't have official luggage.
1: Yeah, but I mean, go ahead, Brian.
0: I we have always been a luggage family. I would always uh I would use for big trips when I went on trips that my parents weren't on, I always had their luggage and then i got hand me down luggage that was still really good luggage and my parents have bought me luggage for christmas over the years i love good luggage it's it's something that i like and it's it's funny when you when when you mention it i always have a steeler ribbon or something on on my baggage and here's why because everybody seems to have black luggage and so I always put a Steeler tag on it. But recently, I have been getting bizarre looking luggage, so I can see it right away.
2: Yeah, we have an LL Bean bag that is embroidered as Hartman, <laughs> and it's black and gold. Like it's <laughs> it's more gold, and then the blo- the bottom is black. We that's the closest thing is to luggage that we have. It's on I, like it's it, pretty well- big.
1: What's funny is I have, and it's funny because it sounds like you're saying beanbag, but I had an I had an LLL beanbag that I used for the longest time, and it was it, it's still my softball bag. But now that I'm not, I, I've retired. I, I haven't used that one, but I'll be honest. With you, it's probably until I was married that I stopped using plastic bags to pack clothes in. If I wasn't going, uh, if I only needed a little bit for just like the day or something, um, and I still have a tendency to to revert to that if that's the case, just because why not? So anyway, let's actually get the trivia.
0: Hey, real quick, David, <laughs> okay, you have Hills department store bags. <laughs> um, well <laughs> th-
1: it wasn't, there wasn't a Hills department store close to us. That was one of the places we would go Christmas shopping, but it was in the next County over. It, it, it was in, it was in Cumberland in South Cumberland that we had to go to for that. So we would have them, but that was not really as, as prevalent as, as other things that you would get, you know, like, uh, of uh, like, uh, like, uh, food land was the always had food land bags, you know, that, that, that's just what we had. So, all right, trivia, I guess I better get to it now. I, I, Jeff already mentioned it about the, where I did a, a segment. It was in the second half of stat geek that ran this morning about the NFL running back situation. I was talking about the, the running backs that rushed for 1100 yards this past season and how many games they have missed over the course of their career. That's very few of them that haven't missed a significant chunk of time. And that's part of the reason that what's setting their market. But I also brought up the whole idea. A little fun fact, top eight rushers from last season. Everyone talks, you can find a running back anywhere. Top eight rushers from last year, all drafted in the first or second round. If you're curious more about that, go check out that podcast. But then I wanted to tie it more into the Steelers. Najee Harris has gone two seasons, has not missed a start, has not missed a start. Now, if you really want to go back to a running back for the Steelers that, that started a whole bunch of games in a row with everything, or not a whole bunch of games, a whole bunch of seasons in a row, Franco Harris started every game. Now, Grant was 14-game seasons in 75, 76, 77, and all 16 games when they went to 16 games in 1978. He started. He went four straight seasons, started every game. Since that streak with Franco, up until Najee Harris, Najee Harris was only the third running back for the Steelers to start every game in two consecutive years. Who were the other two since Franco, between Franco and Najee Harris, to do so?
0: Well, I'm definitely going to say it is not Barry Foster.
1: (laughs) I don't because um, yeah Barry Foster I've never he only had one game one season where he appeared in every game and he didn't start every game. You oh, have to was... remember sometimes it depends on your formation or where you start and everything. So they started every game. Started every game for two straight years. There's between... only two running backs between Franco Harris and Najee Harris that did that. Jerome any idea what what seasons you are correct that's one of them
2: i was gonna say i mean you've already got the main part of it right i was just wondering if you had the follow up i'm gonna guess early on so 98 99 you're
1: close you got one of the years right it was 99 2000 okay 99 Uh 2000 he, he started every game. There's one other running back that started every game in back-to-back seasons. Rashard Mendenhall. Rashard Mendenhall in 2009 and 2010 appeared in every game. But Mendenhall did not start for four of the 16 games in 2009. He only started 12 of them. So although he appeared in every game, he didn't start them. Okay. So that's a pretty that that was gonna kind of be my follow-up in there. Is there anyone that basically didn't do it because they just weren't on the field for the first for the first play of the game? So that was a really good guess. Thank Let you. me go with Frank Pollard. Frank Pollard, you're that you're probably talking what, like 1985?
0: I'm gonna go 84 and 85. In
1: 1985, Frank Pollard started every game but he did not appear in every game in 84. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm having to bring it up and see exactly what it was. He definitely didn't start them all, but I have it filtered by appearing in every game right now. In in 84, he was only in, he only, he would only played in 15 games in 84.
0: Could we go so. Merrill?
1: See Now, see, that's the other one of very similar to what Jeff answered. Merrill Hodge appeared in every game for, hold on, one, one, two, three, for five straight seasons in 89, 90, 91, 92, and 93. He appeared in every game. He just didn't start every game at all of those. So that's another fantastic
0: answer. I've got one more. It's going to be fast Willie Parker. Okay, fast
1: Willie Parker. Fast Willie Parker started every game in 2006, and that was all. Okay,
0: I've...
1: you actually had the year correct when you mentioned Frank Pollard.
0: So it's Abercrombie.
1: Walter Abercrombie started every game in 1985 and 1986. Wow. But yeah, I was gonna give a special special recognition to Merrill Hodge for 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 that streak of not missing a game as a technically fullback from 89 through 93. That's impressive.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> that's impressive indeed. Yeah, that's crazy. Good stuff. Yeah. Did you have any anything else, Dave?
1: No, but I mean, not really, other than some little fun tidbits like Le'Veon Bell started every game of the season once for the Steelers. Once. That's you know kind of how it goes. So the fact that Najee Harris has has started ever I mean, he's he started more games than any running back ever in the regular season, um, per season because it's 17 both years.
2: What was the, what was the injury last year in Indianapolis that caused him to be sidelined? Does anyone remember? Was that a foot? Was that his foot or was that because I remember the elbow in Baltimore's rookie year where he That's sat out? A great question. He sat out most I'm of that trying game to in remember. Baltimore, remember, and then he had to come back in. He yeah, had to come
1: back. I mean, they did nothing offensively, and he came back right. in for them to win. Yeah. Um, but against the Colts, I think that wasn't the Colts almost a situation of, well, he, he was dinged up, and Snell and McFarlane, because Jalen Warren missed that game completely. He was yeah. he was ruled out, hamster, and that's why McFarlane I mean, I mean was, was brought up. Yeah, and McFarlane was brought up, and Snell and McFarlane were doing well enough that they didn't have to go back and rely on Najee. I don't know if he could have returned or not. I, that's one thing I'm trying to remember, that and exactly what the injury was. So I'm trying to look it up.
2: It's okay. Brian, do you remember? No? I do not. He remembers stuff from 1982. We can't remember last year's Indianapolis game. <laughs> I, I just, re- yeah, I, <sighs> I, I just Abdom- remember all of that I just not playing. Abdominal, is that he said? Abdominal injury, the final drive oh, of the first okay. half. Yep. That I remember now. Yeah. Yep. All right. Good deal. All right. Very good. Um, Why don't we do some final thoughts here and we'll call the show. Brian, go ahead. You're up first. How do you wrap up final thoughts without saying that, all right, a new day
0: is dawning and we are excited about our black and gold men of steel, our heroes and hypocycloids. And then you're going to expect me to say, all right, let's not worry about, early stats. Let's know what they're building and what they're doing here and how this is something that they're going to put together. So when we're saying temper your expectations, that's what I usually say. Now I'm going to say don't temper your expectations. Expect them to be good. If you expect them to do what you think they can do, then you're not going to be disappointed. If they go out and do it, if they don't do it, then that's what everybody else is going to say that they were going to do anyways. And then you're going to say that you didn't make any sense. So if I'm going to come out here, cause I'm not making sense, but if I'm going to come out here and say, well, Hey, you know, uh, you know, just go ahead. If you don't have expectations, then what's going to happen is when they exceed those expectations, you're going to be happy. No have expectations and be disappointed because we have built up, a whole lot in the last six, seven weeks, seven, not weeks, months. We've been so excited for this moment, and it's here. And we expect them to be a much better team. And we expect them to play better, and we should, because of what they put together. We're saying that, wow, Omar Khan had the best offseason in a long, long time for your Pittsburgh Steelers well, then you should expect them to be better. And you know what? Let's be disappointed if they don't do what we think they're going to do. But for me, I'm going to be disappointed if I'm not excited about what's going to happen.
2: All right, good stuff. Dave, final thoughts?
1: Oh, I just think back to right around six months ago when the Steelers season was over, the NFL playoffs were going on, and how many times did we think to ourselves, man, I would do anything right now to – to watch watch us steelers practice to hear a report of what's going on at steelers practice to 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 watch them one more drive in a game or anything and it's going to be so long until we can do it again they practiced today just think about that time when you would have given given anything just to watch or hear anything about the steelers preparation for another game and now it's here that's why we can't contain ourselves. Yes, there's going to be a lot of things to shape this team between now and September 10th when they when they take the field for week 1. But my goodness, it started. You can't move through the process until you start the process. And that process of starting the practices was today.
2: And man, are we fired up. It's exciting. Everyone should be excited. Uh, My daughter, who doesn't really understand the sport of football too much. She goes, wow, I feel like this is like a really short off season. I said, short off season. (laughs) (laughs) Longest off season there is. The last game they played was in January. It was six months ago. She said, oh, that's right. I said, yeah, this is a long off season. (laughs) Let's give her a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not and say we did. Um, All right. But anyways, so great stuff today. Good show, guys. I want to remind everyone to not just check out network.com, but look, I also understand that a lot of you are fans of other teams as well. So go to fansfirstsports.com. Again, that's fansfirstsports.com. We did change the domain a little bit, fansfirstsports.com. Maybe you love the Steelers and maybe you love the New York Yankees. We do have a Yankees podcast. You can go to the MLB tab, find the Yankees. You'll see the podcast there. Go and check it out. We are starting to add more written content on a team by team basis. Uh, The Minnesota Vikings are going crazy right now trying to duplicate what we're doing with the Steelers content at Steel Curtain Network, so make sure you check that out. Uh, But honestly, uh, we hope that you all check out as much as you can of the Steel Curtain Network in terms of the written word, the podcast side. Remember, these shows that you're watching live, if you're watching live on Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube, are only a small portion of what we offer. Go to our audio-only feed wherever you get your podcast by searching Steelers or Steel Curtain Network. Subscribe, follow, so you don't miss a thing. Thank you all for watching. We'll be back next week for another Steelers preview. In the meantime, Dave, why don't you send us out? Hey. See you next week.
1: Everybody else gets a little tight.